Blaze Radio presents Hee Hee Check. This is Heat Check, and welcome to the Week 2 Recap Pod. We got the Diesel, Riley Swenson, Corporate Man Scott Standuli, Walk-On Ryan Sikora, and I'm Gavin Malay. Glad you could be with us here on all of your podcast forums. All right, guys, let's just dive right into this. Biggest games of the weekend happened were at noon, and then we had a whole lot of upsets. We'll start with the biggest noon game of the entire slate, which is Bama, Texas. Tied barely, barely, barely escaped the Texas Longhorns on the road in that first of that home and home series, the two sides we're playing in. Scott, we'll start with you. We're back in the rankings. Mute him. Mute him. Mute him. That's yeah. showing. But it was impressive. Not enough, kids. Not enough. Kevin, you said it started at noon. I wish it was noon. It's, it's too bad it's 9 a.m. out here, but oh, I know what you meant. It was, the big noon kickoff. it was big noon kickoff. Well, yeah, the heat check shoots for the big media market out in New York, and that was a noon kickoff for them. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> the biggest thing with this game is so the week – Leading up to this game, you know, I, I was kind of on the train of Georgia and Alabama, how they're the best. And people would kind of try to like to counter that now by telling me, oh, well, how can Alabama be so dominant if they almost lost to Texas? And here's what I would tell them is it was on the road. It was an earlier game than they usually play. Texas probably planned their whole season for this. And the what why they're so dominant, it doesn't always have to be this thrashing of teams. That's kind of what we assume. Alabama did not play well at all. And they still just find a way to win, which is why it's why they're so good. Their 15 penalties taken were the most in the Saban era. And with Ewers out that game, I thought once Ewers went down, that game was going to be over by halftime. I thought Alabama would take over that second quarter, but we did not see Bryce Young really take over the game until late. Uh, Like I said, Alabama, Alabama's defense was very undisciplined, taking a lot of penalties. I would say that uh, Alabama kept Texas in this game more than Texas really competed. I don't know what you guys would think about that. Okay, Scott, you bring up right, like Bryce Young didn't show up till late. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young still showed up. His highest oh, yeah. started at about 3 o'clock East Coast time when they were coming back. Mm-hmm. Also, right, Alabama played their worst game of the season, you'd think. Well, they played two games, so yeah. But you you'd think they played the worst. They'll play the worst game of their season. It's hard to imagine them playing worse than they did, especially the defense. Correct. Like, what was the I worst? Don't... No, no, no. Hold on. That's why did Alabama that. win or lose that game? Can they I, lost. Brother, I could not hear you. Your lost you. Yeah, the first technical issues of the podcast were Ryan's. Low. We have you now. Hello? We have to hear you now, brother. I can't cuss on this program. If I could, I would be saying a I mean, lot of insensities to A, technology, and B, Scott. You, you um, could. Don't blame me. Wow. We're not going to do that. I'm not going to make it more work for someone who's going to edit it because it's not going to be me because I don't have the time to do that. That's going to be me. What was Alabama's worst game last year? Um, Texas <clears> one. Did they win or lose that game, Scott? Lost. Alabama's already on a better track so far. They're one to know in bad games. They're still really good. Oh no, they didn't play great in the national title game though. They either. go through a gauntlet midseason when they don't, they don't go tell to me. Tennessee, 
they get AM at home and then they go to Ole Miss. They go yeah. to Arkansas. Yeah, you're right. They've got a They're- tough game. It's the SEC. Vanderbilt has a tough schedule. Everybody has a tough schedule. It doesn't matter if you're Alabama and you're Nick Saban or if you're Vanderbilt and Clark Lee. Everybody's got a tough schedule. And yeah, Kevin brings up the point that they didn't play well in the national title game last year. Texas AM was still a worse performance. Sure. No, I agree. I agree. I'm just yeah. saying that we were talking about some of their worst performances last year. They didn't play a very yeah. good ball game. But I was talking about their worst performance, not some of. Honestly, honestly, if I'm the rest of the country watching that game, I am scared because Alabama just probably should have lost, which I thought it was funny when Gus Johnson had to call Auburn to beat Alabama. If you didn't think Alabama was coming down and kicking a field goal. Everyone knew it, man. Everyone. Yeah. But you don't think Nick Saban's going to have those guys ready to go for SEC play? You were out of your mind. They'll be fine. Alabama has their Alabama. best. See, Alabama has their best seasons when nobody thinks they're any good. You know why? Exactly. Because it gives it, it gives good old Nick Saban a lot of bulletin board material. Oh yeah. And yeah, people thought Bama would be good. They were preseason number one. People thought Georgia was not going to be as good as last year. People thought Bama were the title favorites, and they thought the only team that can compete with them was Ohio State. Right. <clears throat> well, now guess what? You almost lost to Texas, who is okay. only a top fifteen a top fifteen team according to Reese Davis's AP poll. Well, dude, right? if you think about it, I don't really fault Bryce Young for having a rough outing because Texas defense played their heart out. When did I say that? I'm not. No, I'm. You didn't say You're that. Jumping in. My own got point. You, got yeah. you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Yeah, Texas defense put on a hell of a performance. They gave Alabama all they could handle, and if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt. If Hudson Card doesn't get hurt, I mean Texas played with and with a with a debilitated offense. If Steve Sarkeesian didn't decide to kick three field goals inside like the 15-yard line. You gotta have you gotta be aggressive if you're gonna beat a team like Alabama. You want to win against the number one team in the country, you go for touchdowns because at the end of the day, seven is worth more than two field goals, which is six. Yep. You pick three field goals, Great that's, math. As, that's as much as one touchdown. That's less than one touchdown and another field goal. Say what you will about Cronkite. They do require a math class. Mm-hmm. So I took two. Math 101 with Ryan Sakura. Correct, Scott. Right? So shout out Steve Sarkeesian. That's a sanction. <laughs> Shoot for touchdowns. Or if they just got the safety, that would have helped too. Might have made Could've a difference. Helped. But I he think got the ball out. I, he wasn't I down. Bryson wasn't out. down. If the they ball. had gotten the hold, or if Bama had been called for that holding for their 16th penalty, on the Bryce Young play. Yeah, on the Bryce Young magical play. By the way, I was probably, and I think the reason they didn't call that is because they were so enamored that Bryce Young didn't get absolutely drained by that linebacker behind the it, line of scrimmage. No, it was a safety. It was a safety on a blitz. Different one. Different the play. Fourth different and six play. play. Oh, I thought you were talking Young about. Run. The safety wasn't a safety. He Bryce Young got that off in time. No, no, I'm talking there was a safety that came on the blitz. I don't think it was a linebacker where he dodged in there and missed the tackle. Oh, it was the safety? I believe so. That's without yeah, I a late pass oh, rusher from a late pass okay. rusher from a non-lineman yeah. front. Yeah, doesn't matter. I know yeah. I watched that and I was I don't know how you sleep if you're that guy this week. I hate to call him out. I know he's probably listening to heat check, so he's probably gonna be a little upset when I say that. But I don't know, like, it just like, ah, like you just make that tackle, you're probably beating ball Alabama. No, it's, it's the ball game right there, just because of just time. Saban probably burns his final time out there, probably. And that was, that was just phenomenal. 
That was, um, that's like, I know it's week two, but that's like the first play you show on a Heisman highlight. And Bryce Young dodged that sack late. Mind you, by the way, Young overall in that game, 27 of 39 throwing, 213 yards, one tutty, zero picks. If you could split that up into halves, though, that second half looks a whole lot better than that first half. And that's what Nick Saban said in his postgame interview. He didn't have a good thing to say about any of the 90 people on that roster that Alabama holds, except for Bryce Young. And he didn't even really say Bryce Young was that good. He just said he showed up when it mattered. Yep. And when it mattered, that's what great players do, up. man. It's what great players do. I think Joel Klatt said something about that on the air. It's also what Heisman Trophy winners do. And I talked about Anthony Richardson last week and obviously pitched his Heisman campaign. Didn't go well for him this week. <laughs> Bryce Young could be Archie Griffin. I could totally see that. I don't see a world where Bryce Young is not is not the first guy that could win back-to-back Heismans. It's too early. It's too early for anything, but it's still. It's too early, says the guy on Wednesday night who said Caleb Williams is going to have multiple Heisman moments against USC. You mean Stanford? USC, it's the team he's playing. Yeah, I'm in Stanford. We're recording this late. Shut up, Bozo. It is 11.07 p.m. But But you're the one, though, Scott, who said, oh, yeah, Caleb Williams for USC is going to have multiple Heisman moments against Stanford, and now you're calling everything too early in terms of Heisman. See the flaws, you guys? Bryce Young had Heisman moments against Texas. It's the kind of things that you would put on the Heisman highlight reel. Did I say they would win Heisman? No. I said you'd put it on a highlight reel. But Wednesday night you talked about Caleb Williams with multiple Heisman moments. It's coming. Speaking of Heisman's pros, pros transition here, a Heisman contender that didn't have a good day was Wisconsin running back Braylon Allen. Let's talk about Wisconsin's. Oh, yes. we're done with this Heisman talk. It, it put a smile on my face. Champion is back. Uh, Wazoo. I don't know about that, but it did put a smile on my face. As a, as a Minnesota fan, I'd rather be dead than red. So and it's good when Wisconsin loses. But I, I think it's, it's concerning for the Big Ten, being that Wisconsin is supposed to be one of your front runners in the Big Ten West. And Washington State isn't really supposed to contend for the Pac-12, and they lose at home. It's just kind of like maybe one thing. I honestly, if it was an, I'm, I'm very SEC biased just because they're the best. If honestly, if Vanderbilt went in and beat Wisconsin, I'm like, you know what? They play SEC competition every year. They know what it takes to win on the road. But a Pac-12 team, I don't know. Just I don't know. Yeah, Wisconsin goes down at home to Wazoo, Nebraska, Notre Dame, and Texas A&M all fall to Sunbelt Conference. It was a great week for the Sunbelt, though. Sunbelt's having yeah. the week of their lives right now, and now App State's going to get to host game day this upcoming weekend when they host Troy. Um, I guess so we'll start with – stupid, by the way. Like, I I get it, but, like, Troy? Come on. You yeah, would, yeah. Pick the real. matchup. Like, I, wait I till Coastal it. Carolina gets in there. I know. The environment, I, I get it. It's Boone, but I get it. But it's like, come on, Troy? I guarantee you they pick the whenever they pick mid majors. I guarantee you they pick the mid major matchup so that if they go to the good a good mid major, they make sure that Corso is going to essentially pick the home team, which is why they pick it against a bad team. When Western Michigan, Fair. when Western Michigan hosted game day back in 2016, they played a Buffalo team who wasn't very good, and so guess what? Corso picked Western Michigan and got the home crowd riled up. That's what they do when they go to the mid majors. They pick when, it. So the major plays a really crappy team. When they came to NDSU. In Fargo, beautiful Fargo, North Dakota, uh, 
North Dakota State played Incarnate Word. And exactly. That, that's name, my point. Name someone not only who played for the football program, name someone who's ever went to Incarnate Word. Cam Warren, quarterback of the Washington State Cougars who just beat the Wisconsin Badgers. Oh, wow. Well, look at there. There you go. That's something every day. Dark Horse uh, Pac-12 Player of the Year candidate. Wazoo. Nerdy. Sorry, Riley. I know you were trying to make a point there. I had to come in and flex on you. No, it was good. It was good. But you know it's a bad day for the Big Ten when Wisconsin gets beat at home by Washington State, and it wasn't the worst the worst upset of the day for the conference. Rest in peace, Scott Frost. We'll get to Frost in a moment, but yes, Frost done because of that loss at home. Frosty the snowman is done. Big OC job coming for Scotty boy. He's going but to – Honestly, the one that shocked, not necessarily shocked me the most, but the one that has got to be the most disappointing for a fan base, I think, is the A&M one because they're, they were supposed to be contenders in the SEC West this year, and they have these great recruiting classes. And App State is a good program. They talked about it a lot on the broadcast how this is not when they beat Michigan. It's not like that. They built up a good program now. But, I mean, Haynes King sucks. I mean, that's all there is to that. He's so bad. He is just not good. And the Notre Dame one, it was, I I mean, Notre Dame Nick is pretty shook up. Oh, our our condolences yeah, out to we, him. We couldn't, get him on the podcast he, he couldn't even get on the show. He's in that much distress. Yeah, no, he's upset. But that one, if you watch the Notre Dame offense in week one against Ohio State, I get it. Ohio State has good defense, but they didn't look great and then it didn't really surprise me that Tyler Buckner didn't play that well the AM one I kind of thought they play in the SEC they're too big too physical they'll find a way to win and they just never did Drew Pine by the way is now QB1 of Notre Dame because Buckner New Haven legend Buckner now has to get surgery so he's done so Pine will now take over Notre Dame for, for me was the more shocking one just because you all kind of naturally assume that okay look that's they big step for Notre Dame Played a big game in week one. Sure, they lost, but they at least didn't get blown out, which is, a, which is an improvement compared to Notre Dame in big games in the Brian Kelly era. And then they just came out completely flat. Buckner, 18 of 32 passing, two interceptions. His QBR was a 46.8. That's bad. Yeah, it's not That's great. Like, it's like Spencer Petras bad. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not as bad. Uh, as nothing Spencer is Spencer Petras bad. <laughs> Iowa needs help, by the way, too. Iowa's oh. Look on Iowa here. Hypothetical, right? Let's say Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator for Iowa, right, just goes back to being the O-line coach for the uh, Hawkeyes, and they just bring in Scott Frost midseason, you know, revitalize the offense. Scott Frost is already – he's going to be an analyst for Alabama because that's what happens. Nick Saban's a genius. He's the next offensive assistant right there. Bill O'Brien type B. Bill O'Brien probably is gone, so that could conceivably be a thing for Scott Frost. He could be the OC. I could see it. I could also see him just going down to a mid-major program, too. Sunbelt. Nebraska's going to hire Brian. Urban Meyer. You heard it here first. God, it'd be that so awesome. No, Wouldn't I mean, that be awesome? That would be hilarious. Realistically, though, who do you think are candidates at the end of the year for the Nebraska job? Um. Well, because – because I hope Nebraska does a very, very deep search on this. I would consider the four of us among candidates at some point, because I hope they look at every single individual in America and they go, yeah, he's not qualified, but at least we looked at him. You know, realistic people, Nick Saban, 
Um, Lincoln Riley jumps back, but this time to the Big Ten. Um, brings Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison with him. Nebraska has nobody. They're a lost cause. They're what it was two years ago. The question I have is, is like the fan base is still very passionate. But is it like a top tier job anymore? I don't. I, and even wow. in terms of just the Big Ten, no. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it is. I, I don't know. It's just. I think Minnesota's a better job. Yeah, Minnesota is a better job. There's a lot of better jobs in Nebraska, right now. Like what, Scott? Yeah. Elaborate. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, you go first, Scott. Give me the better jobs in Nebraska in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. That like could be up for grabs. You mean? No, just name all fourteen: Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. That's four. You got to find however many more: Minnesota, Wisconsin. Okay. Is uh, Iowa? No, Iowa's not better than Nebraska. Purdue, okay. in my opinion. Purdue. No. Okay. Rutgers. No. Don't even, even give he me wants the, to say yes, but I don't can't. even give no. me the New Jersey, New York metro market. No, I, I think we've listed all the teams though. Illinois, maybe. No, 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 no one. The Nebraska no one, still, Nebraska still sells out like every home game. I mean, that's, it's, I know that's the fans are still behind them. That, that's what's just so confusing to me about all this is that you're really the fan base is still there and they're just as passionate. So you have to think. There has to be someone who now obviously Scott Frost won the job, but there has to be also just someone who can get that recruiting class back up because I feel like this has become more of a recruiting issue than anything. It's hard to recruit kids to go to Lincoln, Nebraska. Bro. Ryan, have you ever been to Lincoln, Nebraska? No, but I can't imagine there's more to do in Lincoln, Nebraska than there is in Omaha, Nebraska. Well, Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha is electric. Yeah, Omaha, you watch correct. correct. My point is though, like if you have a four-star recruit from uh, Dallas, Texas, shout out Henry Dominey. Um, My God. He's, he doesn't listen. To, he doesn't, he listens to the show religiously. We might as well give him his one shout out this year. Um, Congratulations. You got a four-star recruit from Dallas, Texas, right? Is he going to, is he going to want to go to Houston and play for Dana Holgerson in Houston where he's, his family's a, an hour and a half away. Or is he going to want to go play for whoever the next Nebraska coach is in Lincoln, Nebraska? Well, that's just the thing is it depends on who the next coach is. Yeah. I don't know, I if, don't know if you can anymore to get a coach that's any good. Well, I don't know if you can. Minneapolis, I guess, is a bigger market than Lincoln, Nebraska. But the football tradition is not there. And P.J. Fleck has done a fantastic job of recruiting to Minnesota. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you just got to find a guy maybe – this is just the first name that comes to my mind is Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Ooh, getting a Big Twelve job. He's getting. He's got a Big Twelve. Oh, job. He's got a Big no Twelve way. job. Yeah, I, I'm with Ryan. No, that doesn't happen. It's it'd be a, it'd be a hell of a coup if Nebraska pulls it off. Let's keep in mind though that they're going to be a little strapped for cash, considering someone decided to give the school an extra seven and a half million, double the buyout. So they could fire Scott Frost to, to this week instead of in October. Like no, they, they just they just paid the man $15 million so he could not be the coach. They're gonna have to a, go low. This might be a bit of a long shot. Maybe, maybe they go see if they can prime Mac Brown from North Carolina. Mac Brown is gonna stay in North Carolina. That's where he started. I mean, I got one here. Hot take a little bit here. What about Coach O. I was just about to say that. 
Coach L. Uh, I think he's enjoying his crawfish with his retirement. He was seen spotted at a at a Louisiana game this weekend. He's enjoying retirement. I, think. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's a guy I'd want to reset my culture. I feel like he's a taker of culture that makes it slightly better, not a complete he, fixer of culture. But he reset the culture at LSU. Reset. But when, but when Les Miles left, it was not in great shape. Yeah, he reset it. He didn't have yeah, to start. Um, you're going to have to reset the reset the culture in Nebraska, do you not? I mean, I think you got to start a culture. What, what culture does Nebraska football have? One guy that could right now it's about, losing. Correct. One guy that could bring about that culture change because he's done it at a historic program. Gus Malzahn, take him from UCF. He built Auburn into a contender. That'd be a UCF good one. thing. UCF is not a good idea. We saw how that went. I was gonna say good. That'd be a good one, but also I think the you last know, UCF the coach they got didn't work out. Fair enough. Correct. Yeah. That one as well as um, Gus Malzahn, same boat as Luke Fickle. He's in an Orlando market at the biggest school in the country per person, and also is going to the Big Twelve. It's UCF, is a, UCF is going to the Big Twelve. That guy UCF is a banner job. Yeah. Cool. UCF is a top. 35 job in college football. I don't think we'll ever see another era where we see big name coaches leaving their school to go take over another big name program. I think that's a once in a lifetime occurrence. I don't think I, I think it's going to be coming back moves of Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley are coming. Yeah. I, I think sucked. Can we just I mean, yeah, I I I mean, anyone else want to close out here on Scott Frost real quick before we move to that? Scott, He's bad name, at his job. Scott, your name is Scott. You close us out. Uh Frosty the Snowman can now build snowmen with his kids more frequently. What does this mean for the brand of Scots around? Uh, you know, we're still, I mean, I pretty much carry it now. Jesus. I'm just the greatest one of all time. That's rough. Not much of a debate. What about Scotty Barnes? The brand really sucks. Scotty Barnes, you know, great player. You know, I'm right up there, I think, with Scotty Pippen as the greatest Scots of all time. You know, Stuart Scott. Scott. Stuart Scott. Stuart Scott, also right up there, cool side of the pillow every single night. Then also at the top right there, you know, Scott Frost, after his 2017 National Championship, he was right there, but then just... Hold on, Scott, I'm going to stop you right there. We have another, like, beautiful transition here. You said cooler than the other side of the pillow. I was going to say. What were you saying about the BYU kicker again? Oh, that guy was... uh, I hope his pillow was very warm that night because he he put me through uh, hell. Sitting on the couch watching that game. I will say this. Watching that game with Scott was the funniest thing ever because Scott was just shouting the most random, obscure things at the kickers anytime they got on the screen. You think that was bad? Just wait till you guys sit with me till we're, when we're watching the playoffs. Dude. Watch what happens when the Mets are in the postseason, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I got to watch the champions, unlike your Bozo Braves. That's a different okay. show. Go on, go on the whole show. nine and talk okay. about that. Okay. Kickers sucked. Yes. BYU's kickers for the sucked. Brand. Baylor's kickers sucked. All the NFL kickers sucked on Sunday. Like, it was a bad week to be a man who stands like, on the sidelines. All, all I could think about was that ninja tweet that uh, there's got to, there's so many people in America. You got to find some good kicker out there. Ninja Tyler oh. Blevins? Yes, yeah, Tyler Blevins. The Fortnite guy. You never seen that tweet? It was such a bad weekend for them that Harrison Butker literally injured himself on a kickoff. I mean, I don't know if it gets much worse than that. However, <laughs> he did have a baller-ass move, though. Comes back, kicks a 50-some yarder without even being able to plant. I mean, that. Unlike, unlike uh, Denver's Brandon McManus, who's big miss. It's a 64-yard field goal, hey, bro. Got me 1-0 in fantasy, brother. I don't care. 
You yeah, and you were literally getting mad. You were blaming me for your loss at the time. Yeah, because you told me to start Darnell Mooney, and he got. I never told you to start him. I just told you to draft him. But once again, college that's football. That's a different show. Here's here's the thing I'll say about kickers, though. This is one of my favorite kickers sucking stories. Is obviously I'm a Vikings fan, being from Minnesota, and it was very oh, sad when Blair Walsh missed that 29 yarder to lose in the wild card round to the Seahawks. So, but that following week, then they a bunch of news stations down in the Twin Cities had people. Like, oh, you think you can do it? You go kick a 29-yarder. Every person they interviewed, oh, I can easily do that. The the content that they got was just beautiful because it's actually so much harder than people realize is yeah, the thing. Is. I would encourage you right right now, if it is if it is decent weather outside and it's light out and you're listening to Heat Check, just go out and try and kick, kick a field goal right now. <laughs> it's very hard. Right, we'll, content. we'll do that. I'll make it. I, I would make one. Ryan, yeah, Ryan's probably the best shot out of the four of us, too, based off his athletic. Lifetime, uh, lifetime true footballer. I like Riley's chances. I think Riley could do it. I'll just toe I'll punch it. Get some steel-toed boots. Exactly. That's what people don't understand. Now, just... the, the counter is they, they kind of work on this for their whole lives. They should be a little better at it is the only thing. I mean, the BYU kicker, that was bad. Yeah. He was crying after the game. Jaron Hall had to give him like the longest hug of it's still Jaron Hall had Jaron Hall gave him the longest hug anyone has gotten on that BYU campus in a hundred years. There has not been physical contact that long in Provo. <laughs> ever. Yeah. He's right about this. He's right. Because that's for a religious specialist. That kicker was probably thinking he just cost his team a chance to win the game twice. Yeah, but I think the other kicker then for Baylor, I think, you know, they kind of had like a pact. Like, hey, if one of us misses here, we we got to, you know, we can't show the other guy up. So when when Baylor missed that first one, you know, he knew, ah, it's all right. BYU guys got me. We're good. We're good. <laughs> I will say this. None of the misses, though, were as bad as the one the Wisconsin-Washington State game. That one sucked. That was, that was, that was bad. That was, that was yeah. not – that like, just – the, the call from Jason Bennett going, and the kick is, uh, no good. Well, I'm telling you, the kicker pact is a real thing, though. Look at the Bengals-Steelers game on Sunday. Chris Boswell and Evan McPherson went back and forth. Neither of them wanted to end the game. They just couldn't but do it. Was the McPherson kick not blocked? It didn't. It's still, he did, he did that on purpose. He did. That I was so pissed. I picked all up, part of the new world order. I picked that game to be a tie. Like in my weekly, like pick them. I picked that Steelers Bengals game. You did. Tie. You told me about this. Yeah, you did say that. I was so mad. The tie happened in the Colts game. Yeah, we almost had two twenty-three oh, ties yeah, after yeah, it had yeah. in like oh. forty years. Yeah, right, yeah. Enough about the NFL. We are not for Tato and Seymour. Thank Can we talk about BYU's um, uh, college football playoff campaign? Uh, is there non-existent? <laughs> Oregon play, next week. Play nine, they, will like, lose. they play nine regular season games. What do you mean? What? Look at their schedule. There's nine teams scheduled. I'm going to fact check Stop. that right now. You guys keep talking. I'm going to fact check. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. BYU South Florida win. BYU Baylor win. BYU Oregon. That's the third game. BYU Wyoming four. BYU. Wow. Okay. All right. BYU, all right. I see, Utah, I see State, it now. Five. I am on the ESPN app. Arkansas, Liberty, East Carolina. I see it now. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. 
All right. Twitter lied to me, okay. all right? Don't believe everything. Actually, no, no, right? Sanction is Scott. Sanction, yep, sanction Scott. And sanction, sanction Ryan. Sanction Ryan's Wi-Fi. Yeah, sanction me too. I know you guys can't hear me. Real talk. Now we can. We can. Real talk. Oregon next week. I still think Oregon's a good football team. I Wyoming's. I think Oregon's Wyoming. Like Craig Bowl, pretty solid mid-major. Or group of six team, whatever they're called now. Group of five. Well, they're still mid-major. Utah State. Yeah, group of five. Utah State, pretty solid group of five team. Notre Dame, still a probably a pretty good football team. A very good football team, according to Kevin Malater, who had them ranked inside his top 15. That game's um, in Vegas. Yeah, like that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the Vegas game. Okay. Arkansas, who's, Arkansas, who for our money is a top 10 team pretty much in college football right now. Liberty, pretty solid mid-major. East Carolina, pretty solid group of five team. Boise State, pretty solid group of five team. UTI, Utah Technical Institute, also known as Dixie State. They suck. They're FCS. And then Stanford, who by all accounts should be a pretty okay team in the Pac-12. If BYU, if they go BYU to, must go 12-0 and 0 to have any chance. But if they go 12-0. and 0, They won't. I can promise you right now. I will make that claim on the show right now. I think yeah. they're losing to Oregon this weekend. And if I they don't, they're going to get rolled by Arkansas. If they don't, I, I think they. I don't think they win. I don't think they win this week against Oregon. I don't think they go twelve and zero. But if would, they do, are they a playoff team? Are would, they one of the think, top four teams? In the I would country? think Notre Dame figures it out by the time they meet. The, too, but the answer, actually, is hypothetical though. The answer is yes, they would get yes, in. Because they, they would have to be. They would have. They would have two top ten wins. Yep. Baylor and probably and three or four top twenty five wins. And yes, yeah, no, they they are. Unless all of a sudden Notre Dame falls off a cliff even more, Arkansas completely falls off a cliff. Baylor as well. Baylor would have to as well. Oregon would probably have to as well. And Stanford. There's a, so, there's yeah. a world where both can happen. There's a world where they can go 12 and 0 and make the playoff. And there's a world where they can go 12 and 0 and all of their opponents turned out to suck, mm-hmm. even when at the time they didn't. Well, well, think if BYU goes 12 and 0, we're assuming one loss or zero loss SEC champion is in. A one loss or zero loss Big Ten champion is in. So that probably gives you Alabama and Ohio State, hypothetically. And then you're looking at Georgia, Clemson, and USC probably in their way. Yes. And even it's a good like, crop. If the Pac 12, if the Pac 12 has a one loss or zero loss conference champion, if it's Utah or USC, that's in their way for sure. So you could throw Utah in that conversation too if they run the table. Clemson. Florida State, even. Jeff yeah. Colhane. Jeff Colhane, shout out friend of the program and if you haven't listened to that episode go take 20 minutes out of your day it's my one plug because i fit in my time on heat check no well i don't want to date back to last year it's peyton and gabe are phenomenal but in our brief time on heat check that is probably by far the best thing we've done so far we've got some plug can you get some more stuff planned for the audience in the future this episode right here i'm gonna go out and say it we we had our cupcakes you know, our first three episodes, we, they went well. We had a new coach in Cavan. Uh, you know, the, the freshmen became sophomores. We had a walk-on. We played well. The Jeff Colhane interview, that was kind of like our big test. You know, and we showed up and we, we did well. That was our, yeah. as a preview to the college basketball season, that was our Maui Invitational. Yes. And now this is kind of our hangover game. This is our Wofford at home, and we are, we're <laughs> losing in the second half, fellas, and we got to get it together. The it's Wi-Fi has been bad. We've had a lot of <laughs> over-talking. 
and we're gonna we're gonna talk about Tennessee Pittsburgh, and we're gonna we're gonna really bring this thing home for the people that are listening. Who's Fair with enough. me? You set it perfectly there. There's no way I can, there's no way I can set up you guys for that. You set it perfectly. So, um, Riley, we'll let you you know you need a breather here. You know you know even the star needs to take a minute on the bench there. We'll start the walk on here, Ryan. Tennessee Pitt, uh, big win for the Vols on the road in uh, Pittsburgh. Shout out Riley. Um, that was really good. Agreed. To Riley's point, we are losing in the fourth quarter. It's 1130 at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee beating Pitt doesn't, doesn't matter to me because I think Pitt sucks. I've been saying this since last week. I, I didn't have Pitt in my week one heat check poll at the end of the week. I didn't have them in my next five up. I didn't have Pitt in my top 25 at all this week because they lost. I don't think Pitt's that good. I don't think Keaton Slovis is that good. I think he's kind of fraudulent. I think, uh, I mean, I just don't think they're that good. And I think Tennessee winning that game will be a win over like a seven and five Pitt team at the end of the year. That's not going to count for much. It's good for Hendon. Road, it's still a road win, a pretty darn good yeah. crowd. Good for Hendon Hooker. Pitt did not have a fantastic crowd. Let's they, let's hold on. There was a lot of orange in there. Scott. They were getting crazy in the Steel City. It's a good crowd for a Pitt game. It doesn't yeah. mean it's a good crowd. Um, okay. Hendon Hooker's good. I, I had an argument with a couple of people on Saturday if Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker was any good. Uh, I think he's pretty good. I think he's got some weapons. I think Josh Heupel knows how to set up an offense to its strengths, and that's his biggest thing, and that's Tennessee's biggest thing, is if Heupel knows how, to, what to, how and what to do with his offense, you're going to have a pretty good team. Tennessee's an 8-4, and 9-3 and three team, which means they finish what? Second or third in the East behind Georgia and maybe behind Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe or, behind um, Kentucky now. Or even behind about, Kentucky, correct? How about the Cats, man? That's a good segue. The Cats going into the swamp. No one else got to talk about Tennessee Pitt, Scott. Yes, Scott. I had a lot to say about that game. We, 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 we got to move on. We got to move on anyways. Do we? We've only been on air oh, for like hey, 30 minutes. Let the, peop- let, let the people get their pieces out. <clears throat> Go ahead, Riley. I apologize. Thank you. See, mine's simple, too. There, there's a reason why I love the SEC, and it's because they're better than everyone. And when the SEC sends their uh, fourth, fifth best team on the road to play the ACC's top three team, they're going to win every time because the SEC is just a power that cannot be touched, in my opinion. That's just how I see it. That's why I picked Tennessee in this game. I, I, I would like to give Pitt credit, though, it's good on them for going out and scheduling because they know that's the only way that they're ever going to have a run at the college football playoff is you have to go play teams. And so granted they're both at home, but West Virginia, Tennessee, both power five programs, good for them. But Tennessee, I turned off the game. I was watching, I don't remember the game I was watching a long time ago, but Tennessee was trailing 14-0, and I turned it back on, they're up like 21-14. And I sat there, and it wasn't like, oh, man, what happened? I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And, and so I got a question for you all now in terms of we talk about how dominant the SEC is and in this era of which we're still in the 14 playoff for now. Do you think we'll ever get to a point? And this year I feel could possibly be the year which this happens – do you guys see that we can get to a point where three of the four teams in the playoff are coming out of the SEC? No. Not in the four-team playoff, no. no. Not possible just because they're never going to – it's 
They're going to kill it each other. It'd have to be a weird scheduling thing. The only way it could really happen, I think, is if Alabama and Georgia were to go into the SEC championship undefeated and Florida's one loss would have to be by like a field goal to, to Georgia or which is possible. one loss would have to be like a field goal to Alabama. Well, not this year because Florida lost a game. So. Tennessee, though. Tennessee. Kentucky is your um, outlook. It's, yeah, it's, I'm just throwing teams out there. It's yeah, yeah, But you're Tennessee think, in the situation, though. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. So, go ahead, Kat. No, 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 Kevin, go ahead, Scott. Let, let, let him go. No, I, I agree, though. It, it, it'd have to be a weird scheduling thing like you all said. But look at this, though, from Virginia. Bama and Georgia both going in the title game 12 and out. Tennessee right now. They're in a position in which they've had two solid wins, one by a ginormous margin and then another one, a overtime victory on the road. Let's say Tennessee goes in, finishes the season 11 and one. Their one loss is a close loss to Georgia. Are we saying- poss- that's No, I hate to tell you it's not possible because Bama and Tennessee play every year. Yeah. All right. The cross. Yeah. In October. Your, the case that I was just actually looking up that actually, that now that you say it, it it could it realistically could happen where Arkansas goes twelve and zero. I think it has to be a team other than Bama in the West to go undefeated, because Alabama is always going to have that credibility with the committee. Mm-hmm. Arkansas goes twelve and zero. Georgia goes twelve and zero. Mm-hmm. Alabama sits there at eleven and one. Arkansas and Georgia play because Arkansas does not play Georgia. It's not one of the crossover games. Arkansas and Georgia play a tight SEC championship game, and Alabama has killed everyone else. That's that's a possibility. I think Arkansas would have to win that game. I would agree. I agree, but close. Committee would dunk on a twelve and one Arkansas team and put them in the uh, in the as as the fifth ranked team. Like they would just go, it's Arkansas, bro. You know what I mean? But we're all in agreement though. And and think about it though. Let's just say you look at the rest of the country and Big Twelve champ, good feasibly, which is the way the Big Twelve is structured this season, and it has been for years. They all beat each other up because they all play each other. They're the only they're the only power five conference that every team plays each other at least once. They all beat up on each other. The Pac-12 is the Pac-12. Uh, I, it's been years since I don't know if since they've expanded to 12, a team has gone undefeated in Pac-12 play since they've gone to the, from 10 to 12. And the ACC is whatever the hell it is, which you know, could it be Clemson again? Sure. Could it be Florida State? Sure, but. You look at a national scale, this feels like, at least in the early stages, that we could be heading for a potential three-team SEC playoff, which is how dominant the teams have looked in non-conference play when playing other Power 5 schools, obviously. I mean, that's the way college fo- football is. It's the SEC and everybody else. Yeah, but this feels like they're dominating a lot more. Last the- year it felt that way, for sure. This year it's a little still, still a little too early to tell because I do think we have – I do think Ohio State can find that gear where they are on the level of Alabama and Georgia. But obviously, time will tell. I see the thing is, Ohio State, they can still be that good and just be the fourth team in, you know? That's the way it works, man. But I I hope, I hope it's a three-team SEC playoff. I would love nothing more than that. Um, Eh. Speaking of dunking on, I don't know who just used the term dunk on, but uh it was you ryan good job uh me myself dunked on all of you this weekend when i picked kentucky and none of you did fun pick i nearly nearly had like the uh 
I nearly had the Blake Griffin slam on all of you by picking Texas, which I did as a meme, but uh, nearly doesn't matter. Yeah, yep. close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades there, Scott. No kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, but I'd don't. like to take my victory lap here and just say I told you so because wow. round of applause for Riley. Round yep. of applause for Riley first. Yep. Thank you, everyone. But I kind of man, I believe, just didn't pick it only because he was like Kentucky football. Was the no, same man no. also who was saying all week he was going to pick Arizona State over Oklahoma State to, you know, ponder to the fans and pander to them. And then all of a sudden, guess what? He flops the last second before the show started. Really? Came to his senses. And I was right. But the thing is with Kentucky, I. Edge God Riley. I actually, exactly. I actually thought about that one a little bit. And I was like, Florida just had a program-changing win under Billy Napier, well, the Billy Napier program-changing win against Utah. Kentucky's pretty darn good, and they're going to come in there, and they look pretty darn good. Yeah, I'll give it to them. I did not believe the Will Levis hype. I didn't understand it at all, but Mark Stewart, he is really one of the most underrated coaches in the country. He got – he just out-executed Florida, out-game-planned them. Hats off to the Wildcats. More than a basketball school for sure. I think this proves Kentucky's a football school. John Calipari was wrong. You know, Calipari was I have wrong. to say. Sanction yeah. John Calipari. Yeah. Not Coach, Stoops. Coach Stoops won't back down. Scholarship. Scholarship to Calipari. Scholarship to Coach Stoops, but only a sanction to Calipari. Stoops did a good job. He proved his point. Not all about you, Cal. Yes, it is. It's about Oscar, too, as well. It's about Oscar Sheep. It's about, it's, a, it's about the Big Blue Nation. And Big Blue Nation had a big win this weekend on the road. <clears throat> Uh, the there, there was a point in that game where I was sitting there watching the game with my roommates and I just said, I was like, man, where's, where's Oscar Sheway? He could play tight end. And they're like, why are you just naming random Kentucky players? I was like, I don't know. Cause it just feels like Wandell Robinson should be out there. Uh, Harrison twins in the slot. Harrison twins in the slot. Who you got? Who you got on wall at running back? Who you got? Who you got under center there, Riley? Who you got under center there? Under center, Tyler Ulis. Ooh, more general, field general. Like that one. Or De'Aaron Fox, that guy. That's a good slot receiver. New, brilliant idea. We're coming, we're coming around here in this fourth quarter. New segment idea. We build college basketball teams into football teams. And vice versa. And vice versa. So we just take the game of the week and we analyze them if they were the basketball teams playing as football teams. Fair enough. Wow, we just made the segment of the year. Uno reverse. We, we just gave ourselves an IBS award right there. It's no kidding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Someone knock on wood. All right. Um, scholarships and sanctions? Or is there anything else to talk about? I was going to say, uh, uh, thoughts on USC's just trouncing on Stanford? They were really good. That wasn't really a trouncing, I would say. They were, they were up 48 to 14 heading into the fourth quarter. Thank you. I thought the final was 41-28. 49 to 14 or something. I don't know. They were killing them. They were Thank killing you, them. Ryan. I appreciate it. The final you, was 41-28, Ryan. Okay, then they were up 41 to 14. They were putting in the bummies, and the bummies didn't play well. The worst thing about that game is everyone else on the USC team wore white socks slash leggings, and Caleb Williams wore black socks slash leggings, and it just looked unappealing to the eye, so I turned it off. Facts. Facts. That's a very valid reason. I'm a big aesthetic guy when it comes to football. 
is it just me or we have not talked have we not talked about Notre Shame? Oh, we briefly did. We can probably touch on that real quick. Yeah, um, that does that deserves more than brief. They lost at home to Marshall. But nobody, dude, Marcus Owen Freeman. Like, <laughs> it hasn't had a good start. Marshall came in with this idea that they were gonna win. Good for them. They got their money up and their funny up at the same time. They got paid $1.25 million to go in and kick Notre Dame's ass. Like they just dominated them in all facets of the game. I think the only takeaway from that game is Notre Dame is I think a good football team with a good football coach with a bad quarterback. Tyler Buckner. Kevin mentioned for Heisman train is uh, off the track. Or JT. Kevin, Kevin mentioned the fact that Kevin mentioned the fact that Tyler Buckner is no longer the starting quarterback. He's out for four months or whatever, right? Pine, New Haven legend. Drew Pine should have been the starter next week anyway with how bad Tyler Buckner has been through weeks one and week two. And yeah, any yeah. Notre Dame fan that doesn't believe that, I feel like is just hoping Tyler Buckner is really good. Well, did you watch Drew like Pine's – did you watch all, his brief stint? He threw an interception right to linebacker. Well, I don't know if he was very good either, but I think it's he's also, better than Buckner. I think it's also, also like, the fact that he had to come in last second and wasn't prepared. Which, also granted, like, is also on him, though, for not being prepared. It's also like the Michigan situation with – Last year's old-timers hanging on to the Cade McNamara glory when J.J. McCarthy is far better. It, it also kind of felt like that Buckner got the start Saturday purely because of the fact that, hey, they hung around with Ohio State when he was the quarterback. They did hang around with Ohio State. Exactly. I don't know if it's, and that's why I, I don't know if it's quite that level of Michigan, though, because Drew no. Pine had his time last year some and wasn't that great. Well, McCarthy wasn't that great either last year when he would get in, believe it. I mean, he's, he's still... The, he, uh, J.J. McCarthy, you could argue his fumble against Michigan State is why they lost that game. The grossest thing about the Notre Dame game was uh, Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett doing the game. I didn't. I just did not like that. Surprised we didn't have any uh, hand clapping in the booth. Tough, tough weekend for the Collinsworths. When Chris for, was uh, Cowboys. Notre, yeah, Notre Dame loses and then Chris can barely speak on Sunday. Tough weekend. And Jack sucks. Guy was zooted. NBC, if you want to hire me, I rescind the statement that Jack Collinsworth sucks because obviously, you know, he's great. Thank you. Clip that. He really just self-promoted himself. And with yeah, that scholarship and sanctions, huh? Yeah, it's time for uh, time for everyone's favorite se- uh, segment. That sanctions me. Everyone's favorite segment. You know, we're, we're going to start with someone different here. We're going to start with Ryan first this time. Ryan, scholarship and sanction. I already said my scholarship. Shout out, Marshall. You can say it again. Get your money up. Get your funny up. And I'm going to sanction that Nebraska donor that decided to put in $7.5 million so he could fire a man a month early. And just Dude, be Scott like, Frost gets seven and a half million dollars to go hit, go hit his. Cow. No, I'm not sanctioning yeah. Scott Frost. In fact, I'm giving Scott Frost a scholarship for that. But sanction to Nebraska's donors and Nebraska for deciding they need to get him out now instead of waiting four games so they could save seven and a half million dollars. That's a sanction. Riley, you are up next. All right, I have quite a few here, so everyone buckle up. I have one scholarship and a whole lot of sanctions. Oh, um, scholarship to the to the media and that reporter for telling Nick Saban about the horns down thing. I don't know if you saw that, but he basically told him, he said, Nick, have you addressed to the team about the horns down? He goes, all right, well, I hadn't heard about that, but 
will make sure to tell the team. And so probably saved Alabama 15 yards. So scholarship, big one for the capital J journalists of the world. But here come the sanction train. Sanction to my mom. She lied to me about milk. Ah. Uh, ever since I was a young kid, she's like, oh, the, the best, the best by date. It doesn't really matter. You can use milk after it. I used milk the other day. I smelled it. It smelled fine. Put it in my cereal, ate it. But an hour later, let's just put it this way. I was not a happy camper. It was it was gross. No. Okay. Say it ain't so, man. Uh the next sanction is to Scott. And this one has nothing to do with recent stuff, but uh, Peyton Gallagher had put together a really cool video telling everyone that we were back on Heat Check, and Scott didn't record his voice memos. Probably. I offered to send it into him, and he never reminded me. Scott, so, you just got reminded four times by Riley. We did it a couple weeks ago. We reminded you. You got reminded countless times, and you still yes. never did. Sanction to Scott Sanction. for that. Uh, Sanction to Texas. Um, as a whole for their stadium band situation. Uh, apparently, I've, they put the band up in like this third deck area where you can't really hear them or see them. It's Alabama, Alabama band. Right Alabama band didn't even make the trip. So sanction to them for that. And the last sanction is sanction to the weather. Friday night, I was out covering Arizona's, Arizona high school football, number one recruit in the class of 2024. Yeah, and the rain over. started coming down in sheets. The lightning came down. Uh, Notre Dame Nick was there with me. He drove me there. And at the end of the first quarter, they had another lightning delay. I felt bad. So I said, all right, Nick, we can go home. You, you got to prepare for a big one tomorrow against Marshall. Little did I know it was going to happen. But long story short, I was not able to write my game story Friday night due to the weather. So now I will not be at the live show on Wednesday because I have to cover a volleyball game. So sanction to the weather they hate heat check and that's been scholarships and sanctions with riley scott, rebuttal to his uh yeah i need to hear scott's rebuttal to riley's sanction no that's fair man i let the people down i'll take it on the chin <laughs> that's simple <laughs> simple i let the people down i apologize for it and i uh, you know i'll hope to make yeah. up for it sometime this year good man right there yep all right uh I'm going to give a scholarship to UConn football for willingly letting themselves get embarrassed on ABC against my favorite college football team in the Sanduli Bowl this upcoming Saturday, Michigan and UConn. And a sanction to me. Uh, I wish, but that's, that's too easy. Uh, oh, yeah, sanction Jimbo Fisher. You want to yap all off season and get all these big time recruits and lose at home to Appalachian State, you fraud. I thought you thought Appalachian State was good, Scott. They are, but there's no excuse to lose at home to Appalachian State. They do not belong with those boys down in the SEC. Boone, North Carolina's electric scholarship to them. And was that your was that your Coach O impersonation there, Riley? No, it's my Southern voice impression. They all sound like Coach O just a little bit. Kirby Smart got them dogs rolling. Rough. Kevin, scholarships and sanctions. The scholarship to Harrison Kelly. Um, he Ooh. took. He's a videographer, I believe, for Boston College. He took a video of the team with the team running onto the field during Enter Sandman, and it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. It was insane. Trumpets are better. The trumpets are better. No, they're not. Yes, they are. 
You know it. Shut up, Scott. Let him read. That's just an L take right there. And for that, I'm going to sanction you because not only was that an L take, but your team lost to my third place, 15 games under 500 Chicago Cubs tonight. Yeah, Kevin, the difference between my team and yours, mine will actually be playing in October while yours will be in Cancun. And that's been Heat Check. I'm Ryan Sequoia. <laughs> by um, Kevin Malater, Scott I do have an actual sanction. Swenson. I do have an actual sanction. Go ahead. Okay. Go okay. Ahead. Okay. Cool. Um, sanction. Yeah, sanction to uh, sanction to Texas A&M because that's bad. That's you bad. You just copied me. I was just band wide. Band uh, I mean, I know I'm cool. I know everyone wants to be like me, but I mean, no sanction. No, 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 no. Case J journalism is plagiarism. It's not plagiarism. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing Jimbo Fisher. I'm doing the entire team. The team did not show up to play the game. You play to win the game, as Herm Edwards has all taught us here at Arizona State. They did not win the game. Also, sanction Arizona State for not being able to convert on third downs. That was absolutely ridiculous on Saturday night. Well, Oklahoma State defense is good. This is true. That's also very true. Convert on third down. The best defense in the Big 12 last year. Likely the best defense in the Big 12 this year. But one of the most inexperienced secondaries in the Big 12 this year. This is not an argument. This is scholarships and sanctions. Yeah. Mike Gundy. Yeah, Gun- Gunny looks really good right now. Oklahoma State and looks thank good. you for watching Heat Check. I'm in control of the recording, so I'm going to stop it here in about 10 seconds. We appreciate you listening, and we'll see you Wednesday. I won't see you Wednesday. Everyone else will see you Wednesday after the live show. Have a good week, everyone. Sunday or a Monday, you know that we flex. True. You can never make it more obvious. You checking for the heat, that's cold. That's cold, that's cold. to the top of the top of this. You can never reach these hoes. in the booth and we spin the truth. Hey. We inspire the youth and we get to the loop. You do what it does and we do what it do. We turn to the max and they got you on mute. You. Ooh, flow so high so you know hey. I had to run it back. Blazes a ball and we run hey. like a running back. Gabe, our chalk so you know hey. we have it from with that. Turn you in the off so you know hey. ain't no coming back. Now we done with that. <laughs>